Tampa Bay area has emerged as a wonderful environment for artists, with great pride for the creative artists who in the past 40 years have shared their artistic visions. Welcome to Arts In, AI for short. I'm Barbara St. Clair, your host. On this podcast, we'll be talking to Lynn Whitelaw, an arts expert and arts curator, who's going to be talking to us about the dynamic history, and by dynamic, I mean not boring history, of arts in the Tampa Bay area over the last 30 or 40 years. So, Lynn, can you give us a brief overview about what we're going to be hearing today? Well, I'm going to talk about uh, 40 years of the visual arts in the Tampa Bay area as a personal reflection from when I moved here in 1975 for the past 40 years and what I've observed. All right. Um, before we get started, though, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I moved here in 1975, and I worked at Hillsborough Community College. And I'm very proud of that there's a gallery called uh, Gallery 221 at HCC on the Dale Mabry campus, and I started that gallery. Uh, I taught uh, art and humanities for the college as an adjunct, and then I also ran the gallery and a slide library. Then I went to uh, the Tampa Museum of Art, where I was a curator of education for eight years in the 90s. And then I had the great honor of becoming the founding director of the Lipa Ratner Museum of Art up in Tarpon Springs, which is operated by St. Petersburg College. And there I served for 16 years as the uh, director and also the chief curator. And you gave this talk somewhere. Where did you give this talk? I was asked to give this talk at the Dunedin Fine Arts Center for their Sterling Society. And Dunedin Fine Arts Center had recently celebrated its 40th anniversary, so it seemed kind of appropriate. So I gave it to their annual luncheon back in January. And then I gave it for the uh, International Association of Acrylic Painters for their annual luncheon down in St. Petersburg. So, And then I was very fortunate that uh, it was able to be published in Tampa Bay Magazine. Let's go ahead and get started. Well, as I said, I've lived in the Tampa Bay area for 41 years. Uh, during that time, I've been fortunate to be both a witness and at times a participant in the growth of the visual arts in our area. Uh, with the opportunity of preparing this talk, my research and reflection on the past 40 years to me has been like unfurling a richly woven tapestry. I know my viewpoints uh, on the visual arts are not definitive, but hopefully this podcast will encourage other people to share their unique perspectives on the development of the arts and culture in the Tampa Bay area. To begin, in 1975, my first professional job out of graduate school from Florida State University was to move to Tampa to work at Hillsborough Community College. I did not grow up in this area, and my familiarity was when my Canadian relatives would come down to stay in Clearwater, at Clearwater Beach, and we would go to the cake pot tree, uh, which at the time seemed like it was somewhere out in the country. My impression of Tampa was that outside of a great airport, it was the blue-collar town you had to cross to get to the beaches of Pinellas County. My impression of St. Petersburg was not much better because it had the reputation of being God's waiting room with its green benches. The coastal communities were about beaches, tourists, and sponges, and the southern towns of the Tampa Bay area down to Sarasota were just wealthier versions of the same. When I moved to Tampa, there was no cable TV, personal computers, World Wide Web, cell phones, GPS, 
are so many other services and technology that we take for granted today. Also, there was no Bucks, Rays, or Lightning sports teams. No Interstate 75 from Tampa to Naples. I-275 had not been completed through Pinellas. There was no Straz Center, Ruth Eckerd, and even the Mahaffey Theater bears little resemblance to what it is today. Kind of on a personal note, we used to have a standing joke that if you were going to go down to Sanibel Island, you just count the number of public shopping centers on US 41. You should turn at the 24th Publix after Bradenton to get to Sanibel. In 1975, there were only two art institutions that actually had any influence outside of the Tampa Bay area. Graphic Studio at the University of South Florida and the John and Mabel Ringling Museum of Art in Sarasota. Graphic Studio is a nationally known experimental print studio that was established in 1968 by Donald South. It brought leading contemporary artists as well as the best master printers and technicians to Tampa. Through a commitment to innovation and technology, Graphic Studio redefined prints as multiples and advanced new printing techniques like helio relief and wax types, and developed new approaches to 19th century processes like photogravure. The importance of Graphic Studio is viewed through the collaborative prints created by artists like Roy Lichtenstein, Philip Perlstein, Robert Maplethorpe, Richard Anaskevich, William Wegman, and the Cuban collaborative Los Carpentieros, and over a hundred other major American, European, and Latin American artists. Because of Graphic Studio, some internationally known artists would actually move their art operations to the area, giving the west coast of Florida an even greater artistic recognition. Robert Rauschenberg, for example, set up his workshop on the island of Captiva. James Rosenquist moved to the Gulf Coast village of Arapica, and others, like sculptor John Chamberlain, settled in Sarasota. Lastly, it is important to appreciate that the publications of Graphic Studio are archived into the collections of the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C. That is really quite an honor and a distinction. The John and Mabel Ringling Museum of Art also has had an illustrative history over the past 40 years. It was and is the State Art Museum of Florida and has offered important programs and services over the years to assist in the promotion of the arts. The Ringling, while known for its stellar Baroque collection, also made a commitment to exhibiting con contemporary art, and particularly in the 1980s, organized and brought groundbreaking national and international exhibitions. Beginning in the not late 1980s, the Ringling developed an affiliation with the Getty Center for Education in the Arts, and both money, in those good years, and efforts were taken to create art educational leadership programs, several of which I was fortunate to be involved with. In 2000, the state legislature transferred management of the Ringling Museum of Art, both the art museum, the circus, gardens, and Cartesian home, to Florida State University and allocated $43 million in restoration funds. 
From the private sector, another $56 million was raised, and the Ringling went through a massive expansion and restructuring over the next five years. It is again recognized as one of the major museums in the United States, and for that we should all be quite proud. Well, back to 1975. At that time, a cohesive art scene was just beginning to emerge in the Tampa Bay area. The only other art museum uh, was the St. Petersburg Museum of Fine Arts. It was a small encyclopedic collection housed in a very fine building that had opened in 1965. But typical of museums at the time, it's not the institution it is today. I remember going there and being greeted by a volunteer at the desk. I said I wanted to join and she noted that I lived in Tampa. She says, why would you want to be a member here if you live in Tampa? I said, well, I'm a community college teacher and I would want to know what exhibits you're having so I could encourage my students to come and see the collection. She promptly said, you wouldn't just send your students here unaccompanied. We don't want them just roaming around the museum. I tell this story not to pick on the St. Petersburg Museum of Fine Arts, but that that was quite typical of art museums at the time. They were often societal and elitist and not often really public institutions. From my perspective, that would all change because of two national developments. In 1976, the United States Bicentennial Committee invited the public to go and see the rich national treasures that were on view in museums all across this country. And the second was a philosophical change by the American Association of Museums in requesting that museums rewrite their mission statements so as to be viewed as public educational institutions. Prior to this, the mission of many museums was solely about the preservation, the conservation, and the research of its collection rather than focusing on education. The result of these two changes produced a national pride and a renaissance of museums across the United States, and Florida became one of the epicenters of this phenomenon. By the mid-1970s, the fledgling Florida Association of Museums, FAM, was comprised of only a handful of museums. Today, FAM has over 400 museums and cultural centers, art, science, history, children's, aquariums, and Florida now ranks nationally in the top for its robust and innovative cultural institutions. This is, again, something we should be proud of. With this foundation, I want to explore the rapid growth and development of the visual arts in the Tampa Bay area. Looking at museums, we have the Tampa Museum of Art, which first opened in 1979 and relocated into its new museum building in 2010 with a unique Sky Tampa exterior LED feature created by Leo Varel. In 1982, the Salvador Dali Museum opened up in a refurbished warehouse south of downtown St. Pete. And in January 2011, it moved into its award-winning building designed by Senior Vice President of HOK Architects, Jan Weymouth. It has become an important cultural contributor and brought 
recognition to our area for its collection, major exhibitions, and remarkable architecture. Globally, the Dali is considered a destination museum, and how wonderful that is for all of us. The USF Contemporary Art Museum opened in 1989 and has organized significant art exhibitions, many of which complement the work being done at Graphic Studio. The Gulf Coast Museum of Art, which transitioned from the Florida Gulf Coast Art Center into a museum that opened in a beautiful new facility in the Pinewood Cultural Center in the year 2000, but unfortunately, it became a victim of the economic recession and closed its doors in January 2009. Returning to our chronology, in January 2002, the Lipa Ratner Museum of Art opened on the Tarpon Springs campus of St. Petersburg College in an award-winning building designed by area architect Ed Hoffman, Jr. And I'm proud to acknowledge that it is listed by the Florida chapter of the American Institute of Architects as one of the top 50 architectural buildings in Florida. The only other museum listed in the top 50 is the Salvador Dali Museum. The Ringling Museum's master plan for expansion, again designed by Jan Weymouth of HOK, added the searing wing for changing exhibitions in 2008 followed by the James Terrell Skyscape light installation in 2010. And a new Center for Asian Art has just opened in an Asian-inspired exhibition space attached to the art museum. The St. Petersburg Museum of Fine Arts also had growing pains, and it opened the new Hazel Huff Wing in 2008 with a significant two-story addition to house larger changing exhibits and expand museum services, and again, it was designed by Jan Weymouth. During this time, Tampa, Sarasota, and more importantly, St. Petersburg, took initiatives to see their cities viewed as places for the arts. To that end, St. Petersburg created through public and private monies an emphasis on art venues as an economic indicator. In 1995, the Florida International Museum refurbished the old Moss Brothers building in downtown St. Petersburg and brought us such extraordinary blockbuster exhibitions as Treasures of the Tsar in 1995, Splendors of Ancient Egypt in 96, Titanic in 1998, and its closing exhibition, Vatican Splendors, in 2008. In that same vein, the Jehuli Collection opened in 2010 along with the Hot Chop Experience as an extension of the Morian Art Center, and they will move into expanded facility on Central Avenue in 2016. Additionally, the Warehouse Arts District west of downtown St. Petersburg continues to emerge as a major center for the creative industries, and two new art museums are under construction in downtown St. Petersburg. Well, what a journey from the green benches earlier in St. Pete. Educational institutions, including the University of South Florida, the Ringling School of Art Plus Design in Sarasota, the University of Tampa, Eckerd College, some for-profit arts institutes, and the wonderful and strong art programs in our area community colleges have all provided learning, 
exploration, and exhibitions to advance and continue the growth of the visual arts in the Tampa Bay area. All of these institutions have established exhibition gallery spaces, and some have created collaborative studio and print workshops, including Studio F at the University of Tampa and Graphic Studio at the University of South Florida. The faculties at these institutions over the years often were attracted to the area because of the reputation of the visual arts here. Educators such as Harrison Covington, Bruce Marsh, Mernette Larson, Mark Anderson, Leslie Lerner, Joe Testaseca, Harold Nosti, Jack King, Jerry Meatyard, Steve Holmes, Suzanne Camp Crosby, James Hogenbuckle, and Kevin Grass, to only name a few, represent long-term commitments to their respective institutions, as well as making contributions themselves as practicing artists. Adding richness to our tapestry, I believe that the development of numerous art centers throughout the Tampa Bay area over the past 40 years is where the greatest contributions have been made in strengthening the visual arts in our community. Some have long histories, like the Art Center in St. Petersburg, which morphed into the Morian Art Center and will celebrate its 100th anniversary next year. The Tampa Bay Art Center became the Tampa Museum of Art, the Art Center Sarasota, Longboat Key Art Center, and the Art League of Manatee County also have long histories of contributing to the cultural growth of their communities. And there are many smaller centers like the Old Hyde Park, Suntan, and Beach Art Centers. But I really believe that the most successful and influential art center in the Tampa Bay area has been the Dunedin Fine Arts Center with now 42 years of teaching and exhibiting excellence. All of these institutions began through grassroots efforts, through organizations like women's clubs, junior leagues, art clubs, and other interested groups. Several important art events have grown over the past 40 years. The major outdoor art festivals began this way, including Art Harvest in Dunedin, which actually opens up the season in November and is celebrating its 52nd year, followed by the Sarasota Festival of the Arts in February, the Gasparilla Festival of the Arts in Tampa in March, and the season basically ends with Mainsail Art Festival in St. Petersburg and the Tarpon Springs Fine Art Festival both in April. While these are the principal outdoor shows, there are countless other art venues throughout the year that also have tremendous influence, although unfortunately some important ones have come and gone. Historically, these include the Artist and Writers Ball in Tampa, that began in the late 1970s, Art for Life, which brought the visual arts community together in the late 1980s for AIDS support and awareness, in the ACC, American Craft Council shows in the 1990s. Numerous arts organizations like PAVA, Professional Association of Visual Artists, FLAG, Florida Artist Group, TESA, the Exhibition Society of Artists, 
and group affiliates associated with specific media like Florida Craftsman, Florida Watercolor Society, the Miniature Art Society of Florida, and more recently the Tour de Clay event for ceramic artists are just a few of the wonderful groups that provide collegial opportunities for area artists to show and market their works. To complete our tapestry, we add color and volume through regional support networks. These include our city and county arts councils. Although unfortunately we had the demise of our Pinellas Arts Council in 2011, but is currently being rejuvenated now with the successes and growth of Creative Pinellas. Changes to our urban landscape have come through Art and Public Places programs. And just visit any of our airports, government buildings, libraries, college campuses, or other public spaces and see how art is now a symbolic part of our environment. Awareness of the visual arts comes from nonprofits like the TBBCA, Tampa Bay Businesses for Culture and the Arts, and events like the current Tampa Beach installation in Amelie Arena and the upcoming Shine Festival in St. Petersburg in September. In organizations such as the Hands Weavers Guild of America Convergence Convention in 2008, which brought over 5,000 attendees from around the world, and the huge NCECA, National Council of Educators of Ceramic Arts Convention in 2010, uh, all of these events, conventions, and art gatherings, both large and small, have served to introduce Tampa Bay Area to national and international audiences. Granting organizations from local and government agencies, including the State Division of Cultural Affairs, plus support through initiatives like Visit Florida and our regional Convention and Visitor Bureaus, CVBs, are now enhanced by local funding through organizations like the Community Foundation of Sarasota, founded in 1978, and the Community Foundation of Tampa Bay, founded in 1990, and have expanded to include trusts like the Frank E. Duckwall Fund to even support the visual arts. And of course, we must not forget that most funding for cultural organizations both locally and nationally, comes, as WEDU reminds us, from viewers like you. In our area, we have been fortunate to have many philanthropic supporters for the visual arts, including Bill and Hazel Huff, Dick and Cornelia Corbett, Ula and Arthur Searing, to name only a few. Commercial art galleries while not as strong as I believe they should be for an area this populated and with such strong visual arts and producing artists, had humble beginnings out of frame shops in the 1970s. Trend House in Tampa, Anderson Marsh Gallery in St. Petersburg, and the Harmon Gallery in Sarasota are a few of the early galleries that introduced modern art to Tampa Bay audiences. The longevity of galleries from the 1980s, such as Brad Cooper, Michael Murphy, Kathy Clayton, and Nuance Galleries in Tampa, and the Allen Gallup Gallery since 1991 in Sarasota, all show that there can be some sustainability. 
In St. Petersburg, art galleries seem to have come and gone, although a vibrant art scene, particularly for fine art crafts and including auction houses, is currently quite strong. In Pinellas County, though, one art gallery has stayed the test of time, Sid and Tell Gallery in Safety Harbor. Although I could go on, and there is much richness to our tapestry, but we need to also recognize that the Tampa Bay area has emerged as a wonderful environment for artists. From students to amateurs to national artists who have relocated here to our honored Florida professional artists. We have evolved into a nurturing and supportive community with great pride for the creative artists who in the past 40 years have shared their artistic visions. Artists such as George Pappas, Sid Solomon, William Pockner, Jimmy Ernst, David Anderson, Robert Hodgel, Craig Rubidoux, Theo Wujic, Rocky Bridges, Carol Mickett and Robert Stackhouse, again to only name a few, have become symbols of the growth and quality of the visual arts in our communities. Two artists in particular, Christopher Still, one of the most respected artists in Florida for his interpretive vision of our state, and James Rosenquist, an international artist who generally lends his support locally, also serve to represent the Tampa Bay area as our only inductees in the Florida Artists Hall of Fame. All of these artists, and so many more, from art educators to practicing artists, improve our lives every day and make the work that we as citizens do to support the visual arts all the more rewarding. In closing, I would like to make the observation that while Miami is certainly viewed as the most important art center in Florida, and internationally it is recognized for its large art fairs like Art Miami and Art Basel, the area often only focuses on contemporary art. Museums like the new Perez Art Museum Miami, Bass Museum of Art, Museum of Contemporary Art, and the Rubel, De La Cruz, and Margulies private collections in the Windward Arts District mostly exhibit that which is the latest and greatest. While the Tampa Bay area is not internationally recognized for its arts, I would venture to say that one of the strengths here, besides our valued artists, is the quality of the art historical collections we have in our museums. From the largest collection of Greek and Roman antiquities in the southeastern United States at the Tampa Museum of Art, to the remarkable Baroque collection and expanding Asian art collection at the Ringling Museum of Art, to the stellar collection of art by Salvador Dali, along with related exhibits and programs at the Salvador Dali Museum, to an extraordinary collection that documents the historical development of the photographic arts at the St. Pete Museum of Fine Arts, and a collection of Dale Jehuli reopening a new facility for the 100th anniversary of the Morian Art Center, we have a great deal here. In addition, large and incredible murals and exciting and often interactive public art projects are popping up throughout our region. 
By 2018, we will also see the opening of two museums from private collections that are currently being built in separate state-of-the-art museum facilities in downtown St. Petersburg. We truly have so much around us and even more to be proud of. I hope you have enjoyed taking this stroll reflecting on my personal reflections of the visual arts over the past 40 years. More so, I hope that you might be encouraged to share your unique perspective of the arts and culture in the Tampa Bay area and the rich tapestry we share in the visual, musical, literary, and performing arts. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Arts In, the Creative Pinellas podcast. Sponsored in part by the Pinellas County Board of County Commissioners, visit St. Petersburg Clearwater and the State of Florida Department of Cultural Affairs. Arts In is produced by Matt and Sheila Cowley, our wonderful production team. And you can hear more of their great work and some wonderful conversations with visual, literary, and performing artists at our website, creativepinellas.org. This is Barbara St. Clair. Thank you for listening.